0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Lindsey Brown. Joined us in the last segment, gave us a nice little Stanley Cup preview as that gets underway tomorrow. T-Mobile Arena should be a lot of fun. The Golden Knights versus the Florida Panthers. So two organizations that don't have a Stanley Cup to their name. Somebody will when it's all said and done. So many thanks to Lindsey. Before that, you heard from Matt Millen. Had a chance to catch up with him yesterday at the Raiders facilities, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Before, him, uh, before Matt Millen, it was Nick Shook from NFL.com, and then Adam Hill from the Review Journal and Cofield and & Company on ESPN Las Vegas uh, started us off. He led us off here on Unnecessary Roughness of Red Nation Radio. 920. So no more guests. The rest of the show, we're wide open like some old-school TV antennas, 702 365 And, of course, at Don'tBeBroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Or you can always hit me on Twitter as well, at your boy Q254 and at r 920 AM. The question that I threw out there was, what is the off-season move you really like, the move you weren't a fan of, and the one off-season question that you still have? And Just when Wendy chimed in on Twitter. And I always appreciate hearing from Just When Wendy, great friend of the show. She said, I agree with Mickey the life, which Mickey's my guy as well, so it's like a family uh, affair on this tweet right here. I agree with Mickey the life. I do not think that they did enough on defense, at yet. I know there's still time to get a few more key players, maybe in August after cutdowns, but, the, but, the, but they have to get up to speed. More linebackers, please. That's from Just Win Wendy, so the gist of that one is she doesn't think that the Raiders have done enough on the defensive side of the ball as far as additions and talent to get that defense where it needs to go. And, again, they made a lot of additions. They signed a lot of guys in free agency on the one- or two-year deal, but they signed guys that had a lot to prove still. They didn't sign guys that were already proven, right, the, the, the guys that you could look at and say, oh, man, that, like, like a unique Ngakwe, who you could say, I know that guy's going to get you eight, nine sacks a season. Like, that guy is proven. So when the Raiders signed him a couple seasons ago, I said, well, there's, there's going to be eight sacks at least. He's going to go out there and do that because that's what he does. And I believe he got, what, ten sacks that season? They think he ended up with ten. So you know what a guy like that's going to provide. But, you know, they did go out and get and bring in plenty of guys. But, again, they've got a lot to prove. They, they, they went out and tried to get guys with more upside. You know, like a Duke Shelley, like a David Long, even a Brandon Faison, who the Raiders have had before in the mix when Gus Bradley was the defensive coordinator. But there was something that they liked about him that they brought back, a Marcus Epps. They liked liked him, what he was able to do with Philadelphia. But, again, none of these guys are big-time names where their production has been outstanding in the league. But they're all guys that I feel like have pretty high ceilings. Just want to know, are they going to be able to achieve that? Are they going to be able to reach that goal? Uh, Robert Spillane, linebacker that they picked up from the Steelers in free agency. He's a guy that I believe is a really good run stuffer, but if you're expecting him to be really good in coverage, you're mistaken. That's not who he is. He's not that guy. Now, he could hear that and say, hey, I'll show you guys. I'll go out there and cover But, you know, the truth of the matter is it, it, you talk to anyone who's who's covered the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's where he struggles is is in coverage. So, uh, you know, we'll see exactly how he's added into the mix. But there's there's plenty of guys that they brought in. Its just how do they fit what are they how are they going to use them, you know and how how are they going to make that that defense in particular better and then of course, you know the guys that they signed or they drafted, and you feel like okay, there's guys that I like, but you just don't know how long it's going to take them to develop Tyree Wilson, obviously the first round pick out of Texas Tech, you wonder how long it's going to take him to develop only because well. I mean, he's still he's still injured. He's still coming back off that foot injury. We talk about Jimmy G and his foot injury, but Tyree Wilson is dealing with the same thing, and he's a big man, right? A big man with a, with a, with a bad foot is, is, is concerning. It really is. But, again, something Dave Ziegler said the day that they drafted him, the night that they drafted him, we met with the media, is that they had their doctors check him out. They felt very comfortable with where he was. So Tyree Wilson, I feel like he could be a difference maker once he's able to get on the field. Byron Young is probably the defensive – Rookie, I'm most excited about. And you probably say, well, why? <laughs> why would you be most excited about Byron Young? He's not a guy that's going to sack the quarterback a lot. He didn't do a lot of uh, sacking the quarterback in college at Alabama. He didn't, but last season, his last year there at Alabama, and he was there a little bit longer because of the COVID year, which, as a lot of college players, if you look across the landscape of college football, you'll see a lot of guys took advantage of that extra year that they had of eligibility because of the COVID year. That last year, something clicked. Something clicked for Byron Young where you you could just tell that, okay, he understands a little bit more about getting to the quarterback. He's getting a little bit better at getting to the quarterback, but he still remained the same with his ability to stop the run. And I think that's going to be really critical for the Raiders moving forward. If you have that guy that you know is going to be solid against the run, but he also can get to the quarterback from the defensive tackle position, that's a good thing. Uh, we talked about uh, Neil Farrell Jr. and Matthew Butler. We talked about him. Uh, talked about those guys a couple times in the last few days, and they, I think, have a lot to prove, right? They were drafted last year uh, by Dave Ziegler, and you didn't see them really get on the field too much, get a lot of burn. They have an opportunity to be difference makers. Like, a whole lot of people aren't talking about them, but this front office, the coaching staff, they all seem pretty happy with them since they took all offseason and were really spending their time at the facility, working on their bodies, staying in the, you know, in the playbook as far as what they're supposed to be doing, trying to get an understanding of the defense. So those, those could be – I mean, they're not rookies, but there's some guys that you could look at and say, hey, those, those could end up being a really good part of that rotation at the defensive line. And as we had Adam Hill on the show earlier today, the defensive line is pretty deep. If you really look at it, you look at at that room – it's pretty, it's pretty deep. You know, defensive tackles and defensive linemen, it's, there's, there's a lot of dudes. And I'm not saying everyone's going to make the roster because you know it's at 91 guys right now and it can only be at you know, 53, give or take, a, a player or two, and then, of course, a practice squad. But there's, there's going to be some tough decisions made. I mean, if you're looking at Byron Young, Tyree Wilson, Jordan Willis, uh, Jerry Tillery, uh, jo- George Tarlis, uh, who else you got? Uh, Jay, Nesta Jade Silvera, the rookie. Uh, Adam Plant, the rookie out of uh, uh, UNLV, Bilal Nichols. Remember they signed him as a free agent last year. Uh, of course, Chandler Jones is there. Uh, Malcolm Kuntz, I talked about him on the show yesterday. What's Malcolm Koontz going to do in year three? Is he going to be able to step up and, and make a name for himself? Obviously, uh, that remains to be seen. We'll see what happens with him. But uh, he's another guy that, that could be a factor in that room. John Jenkins at the defensive tackle, he's there. There's just there's the room is thick. Neil Farrell just talked about him. Uh, Max Crosby, obviously, you know where he's going to do. Uh, Butler talked about him. Adam, Adam Butler, he's in the mix as well. Uh, David Agoha, uh, that's the that's the international player. He's actually the 91st player on the roster, and it even only counts to, at 90. But again, that defensive line room is really really thick. There's going to be some tough competition trying to see who's going to be, you know, the starting the starting guys on the line, who's going to be the second second run, who's going to end up being on the practice squad, who's really going to earn their spot. I think it's going to be a lot of good competition. I would look at the linebacker room and say there's probably still a question there, as, as, uh, as just when Wendy said more linebackers, please. That's probably – if there's an area that they can still improve the team between now and training camp, it'd probably be the linebacker room. And if there's one guy in particular, I'm still – Still looking at, at the Baltimore Ravens and Patrick Queen. I really am. Uh, I think that he's a guy that could eventually get moved on from. They just paid Roquan Smith. If Patrick Queen becomes available as a post-June 1st release, which he very well could be, I would have no problem. I would actually, in you know, I might do a backflip that I can't do. I, I would be super excited if the Raiders found a way to go get a guy like Patrick Queen, even if you had to make a trade to go get a Patrick Queen. I'd be okay with that as well. Uh, obviously you'd have to get up give up a player that, you know, you, you that is coveted by another team, but I think that he would be a guy he can help out in in coverage. He had his best year as a as a linebacker in the league last season. You can see him continue to improve from his rookie year till now. You can see him getting better and better and better. Now the problem with him is that he's going to want a contract extension too. Right? He's going into the last year of his deal. He's gonna want a, a contract uh you know um, extension sooner rather than later. Are the Raiders gonna be willing to be that team to do that? That's the big question. You don't want to make a trade or you don't want to, you know, give up something and then just have him as a one year rental and then let him walk. So that's the big question that I have there. But uh, thank you, just win Wendy for that tweet. Definitely appreciate you. And as mentioned, you can always chime in and we'll take your calls, we'll take your text. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R, seven oh two three six five nine two hundred. Off season move you really liked? the move you weren't a fan of, and the one off-season question that you still have. Coming up next, we'll hear from Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator, and also Chandler Jones. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. Got hit up on the broke.com text line at 69187, keyword r from our guy Sir Whiskey Ray. 920 AM, have a great weekend. Thanks for always making my day in all of Raider Nation. Again, that's Sir Whiskey Ray getting ready for the weekend and I know when Sir Whiskey Ray gets ready for the weekend what that means. Sir Whiskey Ray is on his way either to a party, a bachelor party, a wedding, something. He's leaving town to do something, but he's going to have a fun time. Whenever he's on his way anywhere. It don't matter where it is, sir. Whiskey Ray is always having a good time. So a uh, shout-out to my guy. Definitely appreciate for uh, him hitting us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. And you can do the same at 69187, keyword r and Of course, you can always give us a call at 702-365-9200. The question that I threw out there to you uh, is, what is the off-season move that you really like, the one that you weren't a fan of? And then so the one-off-season question that you still have. So uh, hit us up. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, In the meantime, in between time, did want you to get some sound from defensive coordinator Coach Graham. Patrick Graham, he met with the media yesterday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I wasn't able to be there. I was doing that interview with Matt Millen, and then I had to run to the house to get ready to prepare for this show and be on by 2 o'clock. So a lot of times there was a lot of uh, moving and shaking that was going on, but uh, we still got it all done, and we're here. So it's uh, good to go. So let's go ahead and jump into some Patrick Graham sound. Uh, first of all, he was at the Senior Bowl, and the Senior Bowl has become a really big deal. I mean, it really is, and it's been a big deal for a lot of t- long time. There's been play- plenty of players that have been drafted, but it seems like the last few years you've seen even more and more big-time names come out of the Senior Bowl. So Patrick Graham, he was the head coach of one of the teams there in Mobile, Alabama, and you saw how many times the Raiders dipped into that Senior Bowl knowledge and went and drafted guys that came out of there. So here's Patrick Graham talking about his experiences working at the Senior Bowl.
1: The, the beauty of the Senior Bowl, and I'm real appreciative that, you know, Dave and Josh, you know, recommended me for that. And also the guys down there at the Senior Bowl selected me to do that. You got a jump start on the process. You know, you got a chance to coach them real life coaching and got to see how the guys reacted. And for most of the guys that I was around and at some point during the week, I was around all the guys at some point. They were real receptive to coaching. They worked hard, you know, it was a, a week long process. And you're seeing that same attitude, that same work ethic out here on the field, and you know smart, tough, dependable players that's what you're trying to build a team around, and you know they showed some of that when we were with them for a short period of time, so you know and just they're just working on it, but again, they're rookies, you know they don't know what they don't know yet, you know there's no light at the end of the tunnel right now, and they're just they're probably swimming a little bit, but they're they're learning and working hard.
0: So there's Patrick Graham talking about working at the Senior Bowl. And and what he said at the top, man, I mean, that's just getting a jump start on things. That's exactly what that is. I think that that is such valuable time, being able to work hands-on with these guys before the team goes and drafts them, right, just to kind of get to know who these guys are because that's all part of the interview process. And most of these guys – should be taking it very seriously and putting their best foot forward. And one of the things, as we've talked to Jim Nagy, who's the executive director of the Senior Bowl, uh, we talked to him on the show many times, he keeps saying, and it's something that I, I can't get out of my mind because it's so true, that the Senior Bowl gives players an opportunity to do things that they might not have done in college, like a Trey Tucker or, uh, you know, a, a, a Byron Young, guys like that. They They may be able to show off something that they weren't really doing at the, at the place that they were in college because, look, this is the National Football League. These coaches are NFL coaches, so they're doing what they would have them do if they were part of the team, the NFL team, not their college team. So some guys come out of systems in college that don't really translate that well in the NFL. Well, okay, if we threw this at him in the NFL, if he was on our team, how would he adapt to this? So I think that that's a really good jump start. And to see as many guys that the Raiders were able to select – from the senior bowl, I feel like reflected that as well. And in particular, most of them were on the defensive side of things. Now, a little while ago we were talking about the defensive line and how deep that room is right now between the edge rushers and the the defensive tackles. Well, Patrick Graham was asked about the defensive line competition and what he thought it was going to look like.
1: The beauty of how the roster is constructed right now from, you know, Dave, Champ, you know, Brandon helping with the college stuff and Josh's vision right there. It's competitive at all the spots. I, I love it. I mean, you know, we talk about communication, discipline, effort. Competition's part of that, too. And competition, that's going to bring out the best in all of us, you know. And I think it's evident in the D-line room. It's evident in all, all three levels of our defense right now. And, I mean, nobody, none of the coaches are going to complain about having a lot of good players competing for a spot because you're going to get the best. And, you know, the competition started somewhat during the spring. It's not real, you know, it's not the physical part yet. It'll come with training camp, but I'm I'm pleased with it, pleased, and I, and I, I like it.
0: There you go. Patrick Graham talking about the defensive line competition, and that's the best part of it all, and that's the best part of having 91 guys in camp right now is the fact that, well, when they get to training camp, all 91 guys, they'll be able to compete. It doesn't matter what spot they're on, the defensive line, the cornerbacks, the linebackers, whatever the case may be, being able to have that competition. If they have guys that are actually competing, right, there's sometimes you can look at a roster and say, yeah, there's not really too many spots that could be up for grabs. But when you don't have a lot of playmakers, and, and I'll say this: the Raiders haven't had a lot of playmakers on the defensive side of the ball for a while. They've had the dudes like you know Max Crosby. There's no doubt about it; he's going to be there. But there's guys like a Chris Smith. There's guys like a Jacory Bennett that are going to push other corners, other safeties that are on the roster right now. The defensive line. I think that that's going to be a very competitive room, right? Of course, there's going to be guys that you look at and say, "Yeah, I guarantee that that dude will be on the roster," and more than likely you'll be right. But there's going to be someone. Who, or, or maybe a few guys that are really going to step up, and all of a sudden we're going to be talking about them three, four weeks into into the preseason like, damn, whose who's, who's spot is he about to take, right? Because he's been too good not to keep him on the roster. There's all there's going to be – that's going to happen. And the, the way that that happens is the more competition that you have. And right now, as I pointed out and just rattled, rattled off some of the names earlier, that defensive line room is really – really deep how about some guys that are returning like Dia- divine diablo a guy that has converted from safety to linebackers since he's been in the nfl you saw glimpses of him where you thought okay this guy's going to be really good and then wanted to see what he was going to look like last year and then he got injured and he was injured and he stayed injured and didn't come back from injuries. so now divine diablo's back looks a little bit bigger what's patrick graham's thoughts on him getting back
1: Big swole. I mean, he, I don't know if y'all, you know, walks around looking big swole right now. You know, <laughs> arms looking big. You know, he's, he's definitely, you know, been motivation for me to get in the weight room. So, you know, <laughs> try to get my, my arms up to his level. But, no, I mean, the, the fact, you know, he, and it was stuff he was working on last year, communication, leadership, the athletic abilities there, you know, learning how to be a linebacker in this league. The, the beauty of it is he has, you know, Antonio Pierce in his room as his coach who's one of the best to ever do it, in my, my opinion. And he knows how to do it. He knows how to do it at a championship level. So, that, that's I mean, he's just soaking that up. And then to have the, the other guys in the room spill around them. You know, spill's been a part of, you know, good defenses. You see Luke Masterson in terms of his growth. So, they, they're starting to gel together as a group, whether it's Darian Butler, new guys. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a good thing, you know, having coached that position before, when they start to build a little brotherhood with each other, whether they're eating dinner together, going to play bowl or something together, you start to see them grow, get more comfortable communicating, more comfortable being on the same page together. The best linebacker cores I've been about, groups I've been about uh, with, they knew, it, they knew before they said anything what the other guy was going to do. And that's where you can see them growing with that.
0: There you go. Just when Wendy talked about the linebacking room, and Patrick Graham sounds like he's, he's liking how it's shaping up. And these guys are starting to blend and gel together. And I, I like the nickname, Big Swole. Everyone's had the Big Swole homeboy, right? Everybody. I don't know one person. I promise you I don't know one person that didn't have a homeboy that they called Big Swole. What's up, Big Swole? What's up, Big Swole? You know what I mean? Like, I guarantee somebody, you had that homeboy, even if you didn't realize that was his nickname. I promise you. That was his nickname. So there you go. Devon Diablo is now big swole. He's getting bigger. Uh, Patrick Graham says he's inspired him to get into the weight room, but he just likes what he brings to the table. He shouted out Luke Masterson right there. Uh, you heard him talk about Darian Butler. Those Both of those guys were undrafted free agents from a year ago. How do they take that next step? Of course, Masterson played a lot of ball last year. Butler played a lot of ball. How do they continue to develop? And I do think year two with Patrick Graham, will we'll, we'll tell a lot, right? And I think that this is an opportunity. I know Patrick Graham has talked about needing talent, needing players, guys that fit what he's trying to do. All right, now this is year two, and you've got more talent. What can you do with it? Plus, you've got guys that are returning that are, were in your system already. So now how do you adapt to that, and how do you make them a lot better? Well... A guy we'll hear from in a little while, Chandler Jones. Uh, Patrick Graham was asked about him. What are the expectations for Chandler Jones after not having such a great season uh, his first year with the Silver and Blacks? So what's the expectations this year?
1: You know, Chan is, like, my favorite. Don't tell anybody, though. But, Chan, you know, Chan, Chan's been my favorite. for. The sky's the limit with Chan. Chan. Chan, the things he did last year in terms of, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback, playing the run, I mean, I'm just, you know, so proud of him, because I remember, you got to remember, I've I've coached him as a rookie, and then, you know, Brendan Daly had him after that, and he went to Arizona, and you just see the growth of a true technician, a true professional, you know, in terms of the way he can explain the game, the way he executes out there, the way he can see it, and his leadership ability, I mean, I'm just so proud of him, and then again, you know, he's working hard every day, and we'll see how it all plays out, but you know, Chan Chan's a great player. He's you know great player who's been doing it for a long time. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens.
0: Chandler Jones at 250 right now. 250 pounds is where he's at. Is that is going to be his playing weight? Well, we don't know. Right? He doesn't even know. He, he mentioned that uh, in the presser yesterday that he doesn't know uh, if that's actually the weight he's going to be at. But as we talked to Vinny Bonsignor, uh, he said that you know he feels lighter, uh, he feels quicker, he's excited, he can't wait to, to get to training camp, can't wait to get into the regular season. And I mean, just hearing a veteran like that talk about you know being in OTAs and how important it is, and he's been in the league as long as he has, and it was only June 1st, and him to have that much excitement and passion, I think that that goes a long way. Again, we'll hear from Chandler Jones in just a little bit. Uh, We're here for Patrick Graham right now on Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So Patrick Graham was asked about the importance of continuity and then also the rookie, Tyree Wilson. How does he fit into the mix?
1: Continuity, again, it starts, you starting with me in terms of the defensive philosophy. It's listening to the people that are here, you know, whether it's the players, the coaches, you know, especially after last season, doing a lot of self-evaluation, making sure I'm listening. You know, sometimes you get in this role – And one of the things that you can fall in the trap is not being a good listener. You know, the best coaches I've been around, including Josh, including Bill, they're the best listeners I've ever been around. And so I had to listen, okay, you know, and figure out what what do we need to do for us this year, what's going to be the best thing. And then to build that continuity, you got to put in work. No different than with my wife. We're we're not going to keep getting closer as we're married. You know, we're going on year 14. It still takes work. You got to put the work in. And that's what we're trying to do right now. Not trying. We're putting the work in right now. And then, you know, hopefully we see the rewards of that. And then when Tyree gets out there, when Tyree gets going, I mean, it's been great having him, you know, good energy. He's a big body. His play style is violent. Obviously the evaluation part comes during the season, uh, during training camp for that position, but it's been a pleasure to be around him. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how his tools transfer here to this level. And he's shown the work ethic so far.
0: And, I'm looking forward to seeing how Tyree fits. I'm looking forward to seeing that violent work ethic and that 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 style of play. I want to see that on the field. Of course, we know he's got a big body. Uh, he can play outside. He can kick in the inside. I mean, he's a guy that's versatile. Uh, he, he, he fits the bill. Uh, I just want to see when he gets out there, what he's going to be able to do and how quickly he's going to be able to get out there because I do think that that was a really good selection, first-round pick, number seven overall. I think that they got it right with that pick. He just got to get out there and make it do what it do. And he'll obviously do that once he's 100% healthy. And what matters, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, is that he's out there when training camp gets uh, gets ramped up because he's going to need to have as much time on the grass, getting familiar with the scheme, learning the scheme, uh, learning from Chandler Jones, learning from Max Crosby, you know, just, again, just being a sponge. But uh, the one thing that sounds good from Patrick Graham is the work ethic is there for Tyree Wilson, and then you heard him talk about continuity as well a guy that i mentioned earlier in the show neil farrell he's been brought up quite a bit you know he's a guy who didn't get a whole lot of burn this rookie year neither did uh, neither did matthew butler but here's coach graham talking about neil farrell
1: maturity but you know is it unique to him i mean most rookies have to go through that process i think i've said this before defense alignment going from college to pros you know you got to think about from high school to college most of them really have never been blocked before like I mean, I know people attempt to block them, but they're so good. And what you ter- in terms of just the talent level that you're dealing with, a lot of them like they they haven't had to play blocks the right way. All the, I mean, you know, truly, truly have to focus on it because they've been that much better than everybody. Once you get to the league, it's the best in the world. What they do, all right. You got grown men blocking you, technicians, you know, that have been doing it for a while. They have to learn that. That's my experience as a D-line coach in this league. Hey, you got to learn how to play these blocks and defeat blocks at this level because you probably got away with it a little bit more with your athletic ability and you're just, you know, being stronger than everybody. So that's, that's the same process for most young D-line. I remember the same thing with Chandler Jones when I first coached him as a rookie. remember all those, those young guys, Dalvin Tomlinson with the Giants. They got to learn how – I mean, not that they didn't learn how to play blocks and stuff, but it's just a different level now. And he's just going through that process. But the real evaluation comes in training camp. But you definitely see a maturity, a focus on detail, and working towards that goal.
0: And I think what he's saying about, you know, you don't really get blocked in college, I think that they can go for a lot of positions. You see a lot of college athletes just dominate the game, right? Make it look so effortless. And then you think they're going to get to the league and just dominate that. But these are grown men that they're playing against now. It's not guys that are just, you know, trying to, trying to figure it out, right? I mean, college kids and grown men are totally different, right? Even though you say, okay, but Q, I just, I just saw them a year ago, and they were dominating. and this, Yeah, but I'll tell you, it's just different. It's just different. It's just like wide receivers that go out there and dominate in college, and then all of a sudden they get a grown man DB going up against them, and all of a sudden the ball game is different, right? Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks go out there and dominate, and then all of a sudden they have a real deal grown men full of de- uh, on defense that get after them. Linebackers. I mean, it's all the same thing. It's just once you take that step from college where everyone's not going to make it to the NFL where everyone's made it. Now everybody doesn't stick, but everyone has made it to the NFL. So now everyone is the best of the best. So sometimes it takes a while to grow, and that's why I want to see Tyree Wilson out there sooner rather than later when I want to see him out there for, for training camp so he has an opportunity so he's not learning on the fly come the regular season right, because then that's just going to limit his time that he's going to be able to be on the grass. He needs to get as much time on the grass as possible. Neil Farrell, the same thing. Byron Young, the same thing. Matthew Butler, the same thing. All those guys need to get plenty of time on the grass if they want to be contributors in 2023. One guy I think is going to be a contributor in 2023 is at the back end of that defense. And I mentioned his name earlier as a guy who's going to compete at that safety position. That's Chris Smith, six-round pick out of Georgia. I really like him. I really like him, and I like his ball production. He is a guy that actually was a, a fifth-round pick. I called him a sixth-round pick. I'm sorry. He's a fifth-round pick. Don't want to slight him. He was number 170 overall uh, in round five. He has a, a lot of good ball production. He's not a guy that goes through the testing motions and tests real well, but he's a guy that just is in the right place at the right time. And ever since the Raiders have drafted him, I've continued to call him basically a, a young rookie version of Jerron Harmon. I, really, I just think that that's who he is. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be the most athletic dude, just wow you with his speed or strength or whatever the case may be, but he's just going to figure out how to get it done. Here's Coach Patrick Graham talking about Chris Smith.
1: I'm a front guy, so I might say the linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. But I'll go with that one. I'll go with that one right now. But Chris Smith, I mean, same things you saw at Georgia. You know, it's just, you know, playing at a high level there at Georgia. I mean, this guy, He's smart. He works hard. He's diligent in terms of – and detailed in terms of how he studies. Chris is doing a good job of, you know, keep building it each day with him, giving him more and more, and he's able to handle that. And you see, you know, obviously the athletic ability, the ability to get to the ball, all that stuff that you saw on tape, and now he's just, you know, transferring that to the next level. And, again, but like most rookies, they don't know what they don't know. It's a different, different level of competition. He's working on it every day, but he's in here all the time working.
0: He's number 42. That's the number that I say look out for. Watch out for him throughout training camp. Watch out for him throughout preseason. Just see where 42 is at. See what he he does. I just think Chris Smith is going to be a really good player. Got him in the fifth round, and he's a guy that just makes plays. Right? What, six interceptions the last two seasons there at Georgia? Uh, you're talking about uh, Jacoria Bennett, fourth round pick out of Maryland. He's had five interceptions and in 27 pass breakups in uh, his career, or last few years at Maryland. I mean, again, guys that have ball production, especially in the secondary, I think is so stinking important. Now, that was Patrick Graham. That was just some sound from him. I also wanted you to hear some sound from Chandler Jones. Uh, he was able to speak to the media as well, a much skinnier. Chandler Jones, as he let it be known, 250 pounds. Uh, He's really worked on his body and still trying to figure out if he's able to play at that weight uh, in the regular season. Probably not. Probably have to be a little bit bigger than that. But here's Chandler Jones talking about this year versus last year.
2: Yeah, um, I feel like it would be a little unfair for me to sit up here and and compare uh, this year and last year. Uh, What I will say, um, I'm happy about it being a new season, a fresh start, a new new set of guys, a new group of guys. Uh, I'll speak for myself as far as where I am. Um, I'm a little lighter this year. Uh, I feel a lot more faster, a little bit more stronger, but I'm just trying to perfect my craft.
0: So there's Chandler Jones talking about this year, last year, didn't really want to compare, but my guy Bill hit me up on Twitter and said the more I hear Chandler Jones, the more I like him as a person. He sounds so sincere, and the question is, is he focused? Is it, well, not even if he's focused, because I know that Chandler Jones is focused, but is he going to be able to turn that 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 want to into – production more production than he had in uh, in 2022 and i know everything that patrick graham said about everything that he brought to the table what he was able to do but at the end of the day you're judged by the production that you're able to have and he just didn't have enough production for what he was brought in for a year ago so i'm excited to see a healthy chandler jones uh, maybe a leaner Ch- Ch- chandler jones what he'll bring to the table speaking of leaner here is chandler jones talking about being leaner in uh, 2023
2: yeah, you know, uh, obviously last year I went down with an injury, uh, the second to the last uh, game of the season. And uh, obviously with that, well, not obviously, but with that injury, it's a little bit hard to work out and lift. So uh, I went through a whole rehab process. And uh, as I was rehabbing, I kind of, uh, I took my time and posted just jumping into weights and trying to gain muscle right away. So um, got back healthy. Then I started working out, lifting. And that's where I am. I'm kind of just building muscle right now. So you kind of just shed the leaves off the tree and then grow them back on some whatever.
0: <laughs> there he is, Taylor Jones talking about being leaner and how it all came about, right? And so, uh, again, I don't believe he's going to play at 250. He's probably a little bit light for that for his position at 250. But just knowing that he's got a little bit more muscle on him and he's he's going to work on it and try to find that comfortable weight, uh, that could lean to it, that could lead to a big season. I mean, it really could. Just being a little bit more you know, his body a little bit better taken care of. And as you get older, you have to do that, right? As older players, they have to find ways to kind of reinvent themselves and take care of their body a little bit more and more. Chandler Jones has been talked about a lot, right? Also, Tyree Wilson, the rookie, has been talked about a lot. And a lot of people say that his comp, Tyree Wilson's comp, is Chandler Jones. So here's Chandler Jones talking about the rookie out of Texas Tech.
2: It's been great. Um, where I am now as a player, uh, it's my job to grab guys like Tyree, uh, Adam Plants, another guy you might not heard of, but Adam. Uh, these guys are young and they have such a high ceiling. They have they have such a they can go so far. And I was just saying this the other day. I wish I had when I was a young player. You know, I had Vince Warfork, but he wasn't much of a pass rusher. But I wish I had a Max Crosby, a Chandler Jones in my room as a as a as a as a rookie. Um, the things that it's our job as a player to pass that down. And the things that that, uh, we can share to these guys, I'm just excited for these these players for sure.
0: So there's Chandler Jones talking about Tyree Wilson and the fact that he wants to be a mentor, right? And Max Crosby, we've heard Max say that same thing. You know, I want to get with Tyree Wilson. I want to help him develop. I want him to teach him what I know. Chandler Jones wants to do the same thing. And that's going back to Bill's tweet about the fact that Chandler Jones sounds really sincere. He does. He sounds like he wants to try to – teach him as much as he can allow him to be the next Chandler Jones. And he wishes he had somebody that was a a veteran, a big time player that he could have leaned on that was in his position when he was a rookie, just to kind of try to help figure things out. Just got a couple more quick ones for you. We heard Patrick Graham a little while ago, really gushing over his relationship with Chandler Jones and how much he liked him. Well, here's Chandler Jones talking about his relationship with defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham.
2: Uh, Pat is another guy that's, he's very cerebral. He's a very smart person. Um, man Pat, I was just telling one of the younger guys pat was my position coach as a rookie um, so just to see him level up uh, his coaching style, um, even his job title um, it's just been it's been amazing for me as a friend you know not as a coworker or as him being my coach but as a friend' uh, it's, been, it's been fun to watch so I'm very happy for him
0: Almost sounds like a coach on the field. That's <laughs> right. Chandler Jones almost sounds like a coach on the field just with the way that he answers the questions, what he's talking about. And, you know, again, I'm hoping that his, his production this year is up for what we saw a season ago because, look, the Raiders need him. The Raiders need him to be a really good player, a good bookend across from Max Crosby. And then Tyree Wilson, there won't be that much more pressure on him to be that guy, you know, and step up right away as a rookie. Now, of course, you would like to see Tyree Wilson step up as a rookie, but if Chandler Jones could get you, you know, eight or nine sacks this season instead of four and a half, then you feel a little bit better about the situation. And then maybe Tyree Wilson could chip in, you know, five or six or whatever the case may be. And boom, all of a sudden you got a nice little trio right there between Chandler, Max Crosby, and also uh, Tyree Wilson. So hopefully Chandler Jones is able to find that sweet spot and really get back to being the Chandler Jones that he was before the Raiders signed him a year ago. The final soundbite that I have for you is just about being in camp, right? I mean, Chandler Jones is at OTAs. They're voluntary. I know for a fact he hasn't missed them. He talks about it. Here's, uh, here's Chandler Jones talking about being in camp right now.
2: Uh, Just loving football, honestly. Um, I know the importance of having the whole roster here at this time um it's very advantageous gelling together camaraderie uh but just the love of the game honestly there's still goals that I would like to have there's still um team goals and individual goals and and uh it would it would be a little bitter to kind of not get them because I still feel great so that's all I (laughs) love being here love OTAs I don't think I've missed one in 12 years I think it's my 12th OTA and it's fun
0: Nice. I like it. I like it. I love the fact that he said he has individual goals that he'd like to achieve, meaning get more sacks, right? Obviously, there's a sack number that he wants to get to that he didn't achieve last year that he'd like to get. He'd like to get a lot closer this year, so that's good. That's great to have individual goals. Team goals, you want to have those, but you want to have individual goals to help push you. I'm fine with that. I like it, and I hope that he achieves every goal that he wants, and that'll help benefit the Raiders and their defense. So there was Patrick Graham. There was Chandler Jones, uh, just their sound from – Yesterday's media day. Definitely appreciate uh, them for having that. Definitely appreciate uh, all the guys in the background for making those available. From Bobby to Jared, damon and a whole lot more. So we definitely appreciate them for that. So that's gonna pretty much do it for today's show for the week. Uh, hopefully everyone has enjoyed what they've heard. Hopefully everyone's ready to head into the weekend. I know my man Sir Whiskey Ray. He's ready to head into the weekend. That's kind of what he does. My guy Raider Steve from, uh, from Reno, excuse me, on the DolbyBroke.com text line said, again, thanks for being there, guys. Excellent freaking interview with Matt Millen. I absolutely love listening to him talk. He's so fluent, so full of football IQ, not to mention his Raiders IQ. Also, you guys keep kicking butt do doing what you do. We appreciate you so much out here. That's Raider Steve from Reno. Bobby, great job on the wheels of steel. I appreciate you. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back on Monday. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a good one.